Support for X-Ray FM comes from Porque No Taqueria. Since 2005, Porque No has been committed to both the communities and the food that they serve. More information online at PorqueNoTacos.com or at their two locations on North Mississippi and Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard. Listeners, you are tuned in to X-Ray FM on KXRY Portland. Find us at 91.1 and at 107.1 on Portland's FM dial. Find us streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. Music lovers, this is Tropicology, with great rare groove music from Africa, Brazil, and Latin America. I am your host, Encyclopedia Sound. Along the way, I try to bring you some cultural and artistic context for the sounds on each show. Today we have a full show devoted to the musical influence of Cuba with a focus on sounds in the jazz spectrum. Some tracks will be like walking into a jazz club in Cuba, that is to say they will have a cool swing vibe. Other tracks will be like seeing a Cuban performance at an international jazz festival because these songs bristle with experimental energy. The story of how Cuban music came together with jazz is a complex history with lots of politics and economics just under the surface. We should expect no less from Cuba and the United States. Latin jazz is also interesting because it was among the earliest cases in recorded music where artists working in completely different rhythmic structures tried to make music together. To start with a little background, although Cuba and the U.S. are famously separated by only a small channel of water, the musical traditions of the two countries are not close. It is true that in both cases there was a confluence of musical traditions from Africa and Europe, but the similarities mostly end there. Cuba inherited the guitars and folk traditions of Spain, along with drumming traditions from places like modern-day Nigeria and the Congo. The U.S. inherited almost every other European folk music form outside of the Iberian Peninsula, along with string instrument virtuosity from Senegal and Mali. In Cuba, son music emerged in the early 20th century, the first popular music form outside of Africa to feature African-style drumming, In the U.S., jazz emerged in the early 20th century, a complex melting pot of styles. The Cuban son introduced the world to the clave as a musical timing mechanism, while jazz adopted the counted measure, a device that had long been used to keep musicians together in European orchestral performances. New Orleans was certainly the first place where Cuban music and U.S. music began to cross-pollinate. Countless ships passed between New Orleans and Havana, and New Orleans was the one place in the U.S. where African drumming traditions had become a part of a local music vernacular, making musicians here more receptive to the Cuban sound. But it was in New York City where actual Cuban musicians first came into contact with jazz. This is because, with no good recording facilities on the island of Cuba, almost every piece of Cuban music produced before the 1950s was recorded in New York City. Black Cuban musicians coming to New York were eager to learn more about jazz. The image of the U.S. jazz musician was based around the liberated profile of Harlem Renaissance personalities, and jazz musicians had what looked to Cubans like a lot of money. Cuban musicians returning home from New York brought a craze for jazz instruments, especially the upright bass and the trumpet. The music scene in Havana quickly adopted many jazz conventions, a trend that was reinforced in the post-war years when gringo tourists became some of the most frequent patrons at Havana nightclubs. Meanwhile, the U.S. soon developed a taste for Latin music, beginning with the breakthrough hit Peanut Vendor by Cuban bandleader Don Aspiazu in 1931. Although cross-pollination had begun, I would say that true Latin jazz fusion had not yet emerged. 
Songs of the pre-war era strike me as being either jazz or Latin, but not both. Musicians were still trying to work out how to integrate clave with the counted measure in a way that all musicians could follow. I'll pick up that story in the next mic break. This is Tropicology.
listeners, I am Encyclopedia Sound, bringing you another episode of Tropicology. In the first mic break, I started the story of how jazz and Latin music came together, from informal cross-pollination in New Orleans to the direct mingling of professional musicians in New York City starting in the 1920s. This trend accelerated considerably in the post-war years, as gringo tourists brought their dollars to Havana. They were looking for an exotic sound, but it had to have a familiar Yankee swing. The birth of cha-cha-cha in Cuba was certainly in part a nod to the economic clout of the gringo audience. Meanwhile, Cuban clave became a staple in U.S. R&B music in the post-war years, although most listeners did not identify it as a Latin convention. But just think about how often you've heard this backing vocal in an R&B track. That is pure clave rhythm, with a three count before the two count. So at the same time that jazz musicians in New York were learning to pair swing with clave, R&B musicians in New Orleans were finding their own mechanisms for integrating U.S. and Cuban styles. Music historians and record store junkies know that the U.S. market had crazes for rumba and mambo in the years before rock broke through, and it's not hard to hear Cuban influence in songs with bongos and congas, but the whole truth goes far deeper than that. The truth is that Cuban rhythms, and that is to say African rhythms moving through Cuba, staged a far-reaching and mostly unnoticed invasion into our musical culture in those post-war years. When you start looking for that Cuban rhythm influence in our popular songbook, you can find it almost everywhere. All those little moments of syncopation, where the band accentuates emphasis points between the major four-count beats, that is all a part of the musical vocabulary that came out of this cross-pollination between clave and the counted measure. As we move through the 50s, the U.S. jazz scene and the Cuban music scene were both in golden eras of commercial success, but also golden eras for innovation. Jazz and Cuban music in the 50s were conquering the world, spreading the music of the Americas across the globe. But events would soon change the fortunes of jazz and Cuban music. I'll pick up that story in hour two. This is Tropicology.
Bate fue a caminar, bate fue a caminar, bate fue a caminar, bate fue a caminar, bate fue a caminar.
sabor, qué rico, qué rico, qué rico, sabor, qué rico, qué rico, qué rico, sabor, qué rico, qué rico, qué rico, sabor.
Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raf, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Rum Club. Rum Club supports local radio and local drinking. Located at 720 Southeast Sandy Boulevard, Rum Club offers a selection of craft cocktails and rums. More information at rumclubpdx.com. Listeners, you are tuned in to X-Ray FM on KXRY Portland. Find us at 91.1 and at 107.1 on Portland's FM dial. Find us streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. Music lovers, I am Encyclopedia Sound, and this is Tropicology. Great rare groove music from Africa, Brazil, and Latin America. Today I am returning to musical influences from Cuba with a survey of Latin jazz sounds from throughout the Americas. In the first hour today, I gave a little history of how jazz and Latin sounds first came together, both in Cuba and in the U.S. We left the story in the late 1950s, the high watermark of commercial and artistic success in both jazz and Cuban music. Then came those mid-century changes. Fidel Castro's revolution seized power in Cuba on the very first day of 1959, an event that would dramatically change the path of Cuba's musical development and influence. And just five years later, on February 9, 1964, the Beatles appeared on The Ed Sullivan Show, an event that sealed the ascendancy of rock music among young audiences worldwide, relegating jazz to a market niche of older listeners. Cuban music and jazz music have never regained the appeal and the prestige they enjoyed in the 1950s. In Cuba, the revolution of 1959 was not well received by many musicians, they were enjoying the financial benefits of touring in Europe and the Americas, along with royalties for music they had written. The revolution changed all that. Musicians were now expected to accept a standardized paycheck from the government, just like maids and taxi drivers. Musicians could no longer tour freely outside of Cuba, and they could not negotiate rates for their work. The government owned everything and controlled everything. More importantly, the local music scene was no longer being supported by Yankee tourist dollars, the Havana nightclub scene went to zero overnight. This prompted many of the biggest stars of the Cuban music scene to leave the country. The Cuban government viewed these expatriates as traitors to the revolution, and they suppressed their music, along with everything else popularized in the capitalist West. Today, most Cubans are completely unfamiliar with salsa music from the U.S. and Puerto Rico, even though it is directly based on Cuban musical innovations, and most Cubans have very limited knowledge of our popular songbook, even big names like the Beatles. In the U.S., the ascension of rock and roll as the dominant musical form with young audiences came at a time when jazz music was going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of intellectual innovation. Albums like John Coltrane's Giant Steps in 1960 and Kind of Blue by Miles Davis in 1959 set an expectation that jazz music was moving beyond catchy hooks for nightclub crowds. Jazz music was now art, and the movement to explore and innovate would take jazz music to the freeform experimentation of Ornette Coleman and others. As the 60s moved into the 70s, there was a range of responses from jazz and Cuban musicians who were watching their market share disappear. Some artists tried to blend their sound with popular music of the day, creating fusions with soul, funk, rock, and other sounds. 
Some artists pushed forward into even more experimental territory, creating highly intellectualized music. In the next set, we are going to hear a cross-section of the sounds I just described. Funky, soulful, and experimental Latin jazz will start the second hour of today's Tropicology. Hermanos, qué bueno. 
music lovers, we are approaching the end of today's episode of Tropicology. The theme today has been modern Latin jazz, music that marries the influences of the U.S. and Cuba. I've been telling the story of jazz and Cuban music fusion in the mic breaks. I want to end with an observation about jazz and Cuban music today. Most styles of music that come into vogue only remain popular for short amounts of time. That can sound like a controversial statement. After all, rock and roll, for example, shows no signs of slowing down. But we should not confuse styles with genres. The genre of rock and roll is still going strong, but almost none of the rock styles of the past 40 years sound anything like the earliest rock and roll styles of the 50s. That early rock style, like most musical styles, had its moment of glory, then it receded from the spotlight. Few musical styles are so timeless and durable that artists and audiences continue to cover that familiar territory decade after decade, generation after generation. I think you can see where I'm going here. Jazz and Cuban music are two of the rare examples of music that has achieved that level of perpetual demand and timeless appeal, particularly the jazz and Cuban styles of the 1950s that broke through to broad international popularity. Many musicians today still make a very nice living performing and recording in styles from that golden era. Think about the popularity of Michael Bublé or Diana Krall, or the sensation caused by the Buena Vista Social Club album, and all the subsequent spin-offs. Thank you for listening to Tropicology.
comprendre Contestation Bien dans la vie Oui Peuple à comprendre Contestation Pour le progrès
vinieron a verme unos amigos Los mismos que noche a noche hablaban conmigo Vienen a ver que recogen de mi alegría Ya que en los malos momentos no los veía Pasan con fuerza los años, el hombre renace Y siempre van a decirme la misma frase Amigo, te quiero, honesta es la realidad No basta la mano, si falta sinceridad Amigo, te quiero, honesta es la realidad No basta la mano, si falta sinceridad Ayer vinieron a verme unos amigos lo mismo que noche a noche hablaban conmigo Vienen a ver que recogen de mi alegría Ya que los malos momentos no los veía Pasan con fuerza los años, el hombre renace Y siempre van a decirme la misma frase Falta sinceridad, amigo, te quiero, honesta es la realidad, no basta la mano si falta sinceridad. Oh, 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 oh,